How many of you can relate to this? You move your mom into assisted living. A year goes by, maybe more, and you get a phone call from the executive director. Your mom has started to wander into other residents' apartments. I'm your host, Valerie Borgman, and whether it's refusing care, forgetting to shower, or missing meals, today we're taking a look at some strategies for when assisted living may no longer be working. Welcome to Desperately Seeking Senior Living, a podcast for sons, daughters, grandkids, and spouses who suddenly find themselves tangled in the search for senior living and care. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and check out our doable download in today's show notes for a printable summary of the show and a bonus tip from our guest. You're listening to our doable tips, short answers to your questions. Don't see your question listed? Send us a note. Then don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an answer. Welcome to the show. Last week, we asked the question, is someone with memory loss okay to live in regular assisted living? That was a really popular episode. And in that episode, we mentioned a couple of strategies to help someone either try assisted living or buy some time if a move to memory care needs to happen. Well, today, we're going to focus on more of those strategies, and we're going to assume that your mom or dad already live in assisted living. No one, and I mean no one, wants to get that phone call from the executive director or the director of nursing. If you've gotten that call, you know exactly what I mean. It starts with some version of, hi, everything's okay, your mom's okay, but we need to talk. What follows is a list like this, and these are actually calls that families have gotten. Your mom went into another resident's apartment and laid down in their bed. She must have thought it was her apartment. Or maybe it's this. Your mom won't let us give her a shower. It's been quite some time since she's bathed, and uh, some of the other residents are starting to complain. Your dad has worn the same outfit for three days now, and the other residents are noticing. Your mom keeps leaving the building looking for her car, and (laughs) of course she doesn't have one. Or this one. We found your dad trying to climb our retaining wall. Um, you know how we have those photos of our residents at the front desk, you know, when they pass away? Your mom thought it was her brother, and she took it to her apartment. Or your mom keeps taking the plates from the dining room back to her apartment and decorating them, and then she's giving them away as gifts. Again, these are all actual calls that families have gotten, and the list goes on and on. But now what? You've been given this information, and it feels like this huge weight. Like, now you have to figure out what to do next. And what are they really saying? Maybe they actually say it. It's time for memory care. This may feel like an emergency, and honestly, sometimes it is. But you've been through this moving process before, and you know it's not easy. It's touring, finding the right price, the right location, the right everything. So what can you do to help buy some time and take some of that pressure off? Today, we're going to look at four options. Here are the options. Number one, family members taking shifts when extra help is needed. Number two, 
adding care services such as hourly checks and escort. Number three, tools such as GPS, writing letters, notes to help your loved one with whatever they're experiencing. And number four, hiring outside care from a home care agency. The first option can be tough for most families, especially if you're in what they call that sandwich generation, right? You've got a job, you've maybe got kids. So taking shifts and working out schedules can be really hard. I've worked with many families who have done just that though. One family whose mom started sundowning and getting up at night took turns spending time with her in her apartment in the evening, even spent the night just to make sure she was safe. And many communities will work with you if you need to do this. For some families, this may be the best option. From a financial perspective, it may be the only option. Number two, adding care services. Luckily, we're talking about assisted living. (laughs) So this means there may be an opportunity for you to add services. Now, yes, (laughs) that means greater cost. And I totally get it. For some families, again, this may not be an option. And I certainly haven't worked with too many families that were happy about handing over more money, but it is an option to help buy you some time. And it's something that can usually be added quickly. This could be hourly checks. Some communities even have 15-minute checks. This could be taking over medications if that hasn't been done. Maybe a staff member actually goes to get your dad for meals and walks him to his seat and then walks him back to his apartment when he's finished eating. That same escort, which is what they call it, could be used for activities. For showering, it might require more creativity, and that does mean more staff sometimes. When I worked in assisted living, I remember this resident who started refusing showers. She had developed memory loss while living in assisted living, and obviously showers are important. And so we designed an entire spa day for her. We told her that she had won this prize and we bought a soft robe and slippers and all the good smelling soap and lotion. And then we treated her like a winner. The attitude of the staff was totally different and it absolutely helped and it worked. She took a shower. So after the initial shock of getting that phone call from the executive director, that things aren't working, it's a great idea to request a meeting, go through all of the options, and get creative. Number three, tools. Once you know the concerns, you can start to add in tools to help. So for instance, if your loved one is wandering, there are GPS bracelets and even shoes. And some assisted living communities, usually the ones that also have memory care, on their campus sometimes have these GPS devices as part of their assisted living program. So it's worth asking. We have some families that ask about putting cameras in their loved one's apartment. And this is actually a little more complicated than you might think. Because of residents' rights, most states actually have laws that govern this. So you'd want to research in your state Usually there has to be a very specific reason for the camera, which I think wandering would qualify, but then there also has to be a specific time frame, and everybody has to be on the same page. So it's kind of a big deal. Other tools are automatic motion lights to help your loved one stay safe if they're getting up in the middle of the night, or a clock that actually 
says in big letters, morning, night, a.m., p.m., very large and clear for those that start to mix up their days and nights, right? So they're getting up at 3 a.m. thinking it's time for breakfast. Letters can also be a really helpful tool, a binder with pictures and letters explaining whatever situation seems to come up. So if your mom keeps asking for you, maybe a letter that says that creative truth or a therapeutic lie that we've talked about in the past that says, hey mom, I'm on vacation and I can't wait to see you soon. Whatever you think will calm her anxiety about not seeing you, even if you were just there. (laughs) So this can be a great tool that the staff can use. Last week, we also talked about sticky notes to help with reminders to change clothes, drink water, how to use the remote for the TV. One family put a note on the back of their loved one's door that said elevator with an arrow pointing to the right. And back to the subject of remote controls, one family had great success with putting tape over all the buttons that their dad should not be pushing. (laughs) And it actually worked. No more calls to the front desk to fix the TV. And on a side note, don't forget those really sweet sticky notes that say things like, we love you, dad. Number four, hiring outside care. Assisted living communities are staffed for the care of their current residents. And they're an environment that presumes your loved one will be okay behind closed doors for much of the time. Depending on your situation, they may not have the staff to help with what your loved one is experiencing. So hiring outside care may be the only solution if your family isn't able to do those shifts and provide the care. The cost for outside agencies varies really widely from state to state and agency to agency sometimes, depending on the number of hours per day and other factors. Maybe you only need someone to stay overnight, or maybe you need them the full 24-7. They can usually start services quickly, sometimes within 24 hours. So this can be a really great option to help buy you some time while you're looking for that memory care community. It's important to really look at your situation. And as stressful as it is to get that phone call, to really try to figure out what is triggering these situations, what is your loved one struggling with the most, and what can you do to help? It really is not a one-size-fits-all, and many times it may take more than one strategy. But hopefully, just knowing that there are some options can help take a little bit of that stress away. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to send us your questions. And until next time, make it doable. Today's episode is brought to you by ClearPath Senior Living Solutions. ClearPath helps families find assisted living, memory care, and other resources. Find our contact information in today's show notes. Check out this episode's doable download in show notes for details, including industry terms and definitions we discussed, as well as a bonus tip from our guest. Have questions or your own tips to share? Leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, make it doable.